Welcome to The Process, the podcast where we talk to creative people about their creative processes. I'm Kevin Hugerworth. And I'm John Lee. And for episode five, we got comedian improviser Jacob Alexander Ferg. And he just got back from his tour with his uh, improv group, Peter. And we got to talk to him about that. It was super fun. And we joined them in a conversation already in progress. Yeah. We'll record an intro. We, okay. Kevin and I do it separately. We're okay. like, and for this episode, we have Jake Ferg. Gotcha. Blah, blah, blah. So, gotcha. You, okay. so they know you're you already. Yeah. 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 Also, your name is on the title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you say Jacob Ferg though? I yes. like my name. I was going to ask Jacob my Ferg. full yeah. name written out when okay. it's written. Yeah. Jacob Alexander Ferg. Sure. Jacob even. Ferg? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> throw Alexander do you want us to? There? When we, when, Okay, yeah, we can yeah. we can do that. That's, I mean, it's like that on my Facebook. So I just like the like the like Jake Ferg is like too like Jack Black did what Jake Ferg is trying to do. <laughs> like it's like oh, a punchy name. I like Jake Jacob Ferg. Alexander Ferg. Ferg. It like weaves itself into Jacob the next. Jacob Alexander. Thing. Ferg. It like is like the prep for the weird last name. That was an interesting Jack Black analogy. <laughs> no, Jack Black <laughs> did what Jake I, I, Ferg's trying to do. <laughs> Just the name, like not the people. So I had this thought recently. Is that one of those things that you just like? You just like tell people. Like, do you have that like back in your brain? That's like a thing that you just bring up sometimes. Is the Jack Black thing, or was that like on the spot? Yeah, I think it was on the spot. I think I've had that thought before, but it's like not something that I like conscientiously store. That was a brilliant metaphor. I just I realized like I have like hundreds of things that I've just said a thousand times in my life, and it's like I don't. I I it's insane. I've definitely made the comparison before, but. Maybe like once three years ago or something <laughs> like that. Like, uh, yeah. So I guess we'll start with like what I guess. What do you define yourself as, uh, comedy wise? Um, is it your stand up or? Is I it... would probably say storyteller. Actually, okay. is like it would be the best like catch all. Because, like, I, I came to Western for English and theater, so it's, like, I had to find, like, I got a storytelling major, essentially. Because uh-huh. <laughs> um, I do, like, yeah, it's, like, it's kind of hard because, like, I like doing stand-up and I like doing improv and I like writing plays, so I don't want to, like, I like all of them so much that I don't want to say that I'm only one of them. Right, Because, yeah. like, I like doing all three of them. Yeah. Uh, and plus other stuff on top of that. But well, like, people, when people recognize you, are, are they usually, like, hey, you're the guy that does improv or you're the guy that does stand-up? I would say uh, I've never been recognized for writing a play, okay. uh, obviously. Right. Uh, and on, I would say on campus when I came here, uh, it was mostly for improv. Um, usually... When I'm recognized for stand-up, it's random people, like uh-huh. uh, like cashiers or stuff like that. Right. Or it's right after Last Comic Standing. That's uh-huh. like the other time where <laughs> yes. people are like, oh yeah, you're the person that was in that Last Comic Standing thing. Uh-huh. Um, people remember Last Comic Standing. They like, do. Forever. They really like, do. I don't know why. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's re- actually, and then the other weird thing is I've had this like speckled throughout my life. I did improv in Spokane before I came here. Uh-huh. And like, I'll be in Seattle or Bellingham and people will bring up, it's like, Hey, did you do Blue Door? Yeah. I'm like, that's across the state, and that was like three or four years ago. Is that the name but, of the theater? Yeah, that's Blue the door? name of the theater okay. in Spokane. Um, Is that... I've heard of that. Did you do it with Michael Brandon, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Michael Brandon, uh, he didn't originally do Blue Door, and then he got on and did like three shows, and okay. then came back to Oh, Western. interesting. Yeah. Is it, is it... Was it mainly short form at... Yeah, it was Blue well, the, the Blue Door had a nice uh, had a nice balance of like on Friday nights they would do long form and on Saturday nights they would do short form. Uh-huh. So it was like pretty much a 50-50 split. And right. it was like a good I think it was it was a good starting place. Uh-huh. It's like it's in Spokane and it's like the Spokane equivalent of an improv theater. Not <laughs> right. like it's not like a negative or a positive thing that just is what it is uh-huh. sort of. Yeah, because I kind of similar experience. When I was in high school, I did only short form improv. Yeah, and right. then because that's what everybody knows from Who's Line. Yeah, and then I got here and, or to Western and. Uh, well, you'll be. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised how many places are doing like primarily short form. Uh-huh. Where it's like yeah. that's what's on TV. Yeah, yeah, that's what's yeah. on TV, and that's like that's what people like people who haven't seen improv before. Mm-hmm. They're it's much easier for them to watch short form mm-hmm. and like understand what it is rather than watching long form where it's like it's for some reason like these people are all making up this story together like doesn't quite translate in people's right. brains if they've yeah. never encountered that before. Well, and I think I think short form can just be exciting too. Like I I know just in high school I used to go to a bunch of like comedy sports things yeah. where it's just like it's like a game you're going and you're watching them and I, I think it's easier yeah to just like uh-huh. get into the excitement. Of yeah, it and then if you have a shitty game it's like over in three yeah. minutes. But oh, yeah. if you start out a shitty long form it's like 
excruciating. It's right. like 45 minutes of like tripping over yourself <laughs> and like trying to like get something done where it's like, okay, that game of Alphabet wasn't that Yeah, good. yeah, well, exactly. And, and I think Too Short Forms like a lot more about the joke and people can wrap their minds around jokes, but not everyone likes seeing live yeah. like, huh. stories. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I agree, yeah. Well, do you have, do you have like an opinion on there's that this culture with long form or like they kind of sh- like... think less of short form a little bit and you think that's valid or i like doing long form more and i Uh feel like anyone who's done improv for a while and sort of comprehends it uh uh, likes doing long yeah because it's just it's more satiating the way i look at it is like short form is like an appetizer and Mm. long form is like an entree uh-huh. Uh, so it's like people are more likely to snack on the appetizer, but right. like if you want to really feel satiated, especially as the performer, like long forms, like more, I think what people tend to lean towards, but then people don't, I, th- I think people don't take into account that like the audience doesn't know as much about improv and performance as they do. Uh-huh. And so like they tend to see it from their perspective and they want to do only long form. And I definitely like fell into this for a while where right. I was like, fuck short form, like uh-huh. long form <laughs> for life. But like short form is like, does hold its place. And it's like yeah. a legitimate form of improv that like, I think is almost necessary. Like yeah. sometimes, I mean, my like I think one of the best formats is just doing thirty minutes of short form and then thirty minutes of long form. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how long have you been doing this, like comedy and improv and Com- know, where'd you get started? Um. So I got started. Um, I was never like the class clown kid. I was always like the quiet, shy kid in the <laughs> back, and like. I feel like that's something that, like, most people I know who are comedians or do comedy, like, that's something that I have different from them. Uh Like, a lot of people who I know who do comedy, like, kind of were the class clown. And, like, I sometimes... There were some people that I really liked, but sometimes I found the kid who was being the class clown kind of, like, showy and annoying. Right. Yeah, it's like, it's just like, look at me! I'm (laughs) gonna stop the class! It's like, I just wanna learn about math right now. I'm gonna stop the class. Yeah, yeah. The class clown at my school, I think, he would, like, stand in the middle of class and then just go insult people and then everyone's like, this guy's so funny! This guy's the greatest! You're just being mean! It's just being, it's like the easiest way to do that Dick and Jim class. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just the worst kid. Oh, totally. So I think I started, I I always liked doing acting because I wasn't good at sports. uh, And I liked just, I was always good at like writing and I got good grades on papers pretty much for my entire life. So Mm -hmm. like that was something that I feel like I was just more naturally inclined to do. Um, And then when I was in, I think like early high school, I took a class at the Blue Door in Spokane. Mm. uh, And that was like my first time that I'd done any sort of like performance that wasn't, you know, a fucking school play where, right. like, you, you have, like, three lines um, that, and, like, that I felt really good about. Yeah. Like, I was, like, I'm doing this, and, like, I'm showing up, and I don't suck, and I'm making this, like, I'm making the teacher laugh, and, right. like, the teacher, like, seems, like, enthusiastic about me, and then I met more people, uh-huh. and they like me. So I feel like that, that really, like, kicked off what like me wanting to perform slash me like getting a storytelling degree which right. is like what i got uh-huh. <laughs> um did you double and yeah no i know okay. i uh, i i i english major theater, theater minor. minor no you have the whole bit about the i have the minor, whole yeah. bit about the theater <laughs> yeah did minor. you was the first, was your first stand-up set here yeah my western? first stand-up set was was at western it was actually okay. uh <laughs> it was maybe the worst i've ever done at cinema i got kicked <laughs> off uh like Wait, before what? the end of my Wait, set really? for being too offensive yeah no i don't I have, I have not heard the story oh, you haven't heard this Is story? That a, like a oh, I've show? never even heard you say a single offensive joke. Yeah. No, yeah. No, well, no, I learned a lot from that because I was kind of like, I like I came to college like a very shitty kind of self-conscious kid because I like know. I wasn't like, I don't know. I just like, I still was in the high school mentality uh-huh. and like a lot of my friends like, and I like when you're in high school, it's like funny to be edgy. Like that's right. like, that's the thing that's yeah. funny. Uh-huh. Uh, and so like, I still had that sense of humor like in the back of my head kind of dwelling and mm. like I was like I really liked um uh at the beginning of college I really liked uh, Anthony Jeselnik okay and uh, like okay. I thought like yeah and he you just could, like tells, channel him yeah, yeah yeah so I was like kind of doing like the one-liners where I was just like saying shitty things right. I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> repeat there was one joke in particular which is the joke that got me kicked right. off stage <laughs> oh my god uh, and I don't want to repeat it what was the the subject matter Can the subject it? it was it was uh it was about 
sexual offenders and rapists, gotcha. essentially. Okay. And so it was. Was like, this at an open mic? Or? Uh, this was at an open mic okay. in the Fairhaven dorms. <laughs> oh uh, my god! It gosh. was like it wasn't even for stand up, and it wasn't even like, <laughs> like it was just like oh I'm god. the one stand up. I'm the <laughs> shitty kid <laughs> coming up here oh saying no. really terrible things. Uh, and, and then how long before he went back up? Like, uh, uh, it was so I was like a little embarrassed, but then like, but then I like, I think I like kind of like pulled myself up by my bootstraps afterwards because like mm-hmm. like some some of my other friends at the time were like fuck them for fucking kicking you off, and I right. was like, like I kind of felt that right at the beginning, but then I was like. Uh, no, they were right. <laughs> like, right. I'll, I'll admit that I was completely in the wrong in this. And so then I went to, my freshman year was when uh, Stand-Up Comedy Club at mm-hmm. Western was first starting. Okay. Uh, so I went there and I was just like telling just like, you know, okay jokes. Like, right. Like right middle of the road, okay jokes. Uh-huh. Uh, nothing to like, to keep you going. Yeah, nothing to keep, yeah. Enough to keep me going. But like, I, I just kept writing them. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so that was like. That started my foray into stand-up, and then I started doing open mics at the Underground Coffee House uh, every now and again, and that was, like, that was a big deal because, like, I bombed really hard, like, just just because... It wasn't because I was too offensive, it was just Uh because my jokes sucked. (laughs) Right. Uh, And then I did really well. Uh Uh, And so, like, I got to taste like the flavor of both of those. Like, within my first, like, starting stand-up. And I think, like, I think bombing is just as important as like you should obviously go into the show with with, like every single show with the mentality like I'm gonna fucking slay it I'm gonna bring the best to the table possible because then when you do it feels really good but if you're not like if you're doing only good all the time you're either a genius which you aren't Uh uh, or you're not trying like you're not taking risks with your material you're not trying new things Mm -hmm. and you're not like you're not going on stage being like I wonder if this next thing's gonna work right exactly you can get like five different people to tell the same joke Joke, mm-hmm. And an audience will freak out at one of the people, uh-huh. and they will not laugh at all at another person. Right. And then the middle three people, they'll think it's just okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's yeah. it's all about like like very consistently. My best stand up sets have been my most memorized and uh-huh. where I'm most confident and yeah. where mm-hmm. like I like I'm so memorized I don't even have to think about being right. memorized because it's just like in my brain. Right. And that's where you can just talk. That, that's when you're most present too. Yeah. That's exactly. A big thing. Exactly. Like, you don't even. It's it's like uh it's like laugh ears when you first start out you don't have laugh ears yeah so like you like go, go off the stage like you're like sea legs. yeah you're like I think it went pretty well and yeah you're, and you're like and I'm like no it didn't no, like yeah. like three people laughed in the back but like you somehow thought that yeah I like you heard like, some chuckles and you were like yeah that joke worked yeah. and you're like oh, no it didn't like yeah and that's like I don't know it, y- there's a certain level of self awareness that I think yeah. you have to have and like you can have like you can have a ton of bad shows uh-huh. and like still do good eventually. Right. Uh, but it's like, if if you have those bad shows, you need to acknowledge that they're bad. Because a lot of people like are very resistant to like feedback or like uh-huh. self-criticism because they think criticism is like only negative all the time. Exactly. But like, like everyone, the most genius people like have written sh- like Jim Carrey and George Carlin and Steve Martin and fucking Richard Pryor have right. hours of terrible material. Yeah. <laughs> totally. hours, hours and hours and hours of terrible yeah. like more than good probably. Yeah, more yeah. than good. Honestly, yeah. more than good. And it's like it doesn't like like because you have done something bad because you've written something bad. It doesn't suddenly like diminish your self worth. Exactly. Um, yeah. And also like most of that audience is never gonna see you again. Uh-huh. They're like never, they're, or yeah. the, if they do see you, they won't remember you because like uh-huh. almost like. Like, like after an open mic or something, after a stand-up open mic, uh, the audience is going to talk about the weirdest person. Nine times out of ten, when a comic asks for feedback, he or she doesn't really want it. Yeah. Like, like, like they'll bomb and they'll go off stage and be like, well, can I get some feedback on that? I'm like, it sucked. What do you want? Yeah. Like, the, the audience didn't laugh. Like, what more <laughs> feedback do you need than and that? It's like, like, yeah, yeah. And, like, some people just don't listen. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm just going to say his name and yeah. you can bleep it out. <laughs> yeah. Derek. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking Derek, man. He was, I won't even say, I won't say his last name. I'll be uh-huh. at least respectful. <laughs> but like, like, I talk, he was just this, this guy who just wasn't good and told the same shitty jokes over and over and uh-huh. over again. And, like, I met with him a bunch of times and I was like, 
like my feedback to him was like write new shit right mm-hmm. right if, if you're not happy if you're not doing great right now just write new shit mm-hmm. and if that's not great then keep writing new shit right because like you'll if you have like some sort of semblance of a personality and like some sort of semblance of individuality you will stumble into great shit because like, right. I, I think every human being's idiosyncrasies are what make them so interesting mm-hmm. How long till you like retire a joke? Like if you if you tell a joke and it doesn't quite hit it, uh, how long do you like work on the yeah. delivery or the wording until you're just like okay, it's not working? Yeah, what's like your um, trial and error process? My trial and error process is uh, sometimes it really just varies on jokes because like there's sometimes where I'm like I like the idea of this premise and then I'll like try it three <laughs> times and then it just doesn't work and that's yeah. like okay goodbye. Right. There are sometimes where I'm like. I'm going to throw this joke at the wall, this mm-hmm. open mic, and if it doesn't land, like, I'm not really attached to it. Exactly. And so it's, like, sometimes that you just, like, throw it at the wall, and then it doesn't stick. Or yeah. it sticks. That's the nice thing. It's, like, there's sometimes uh-huh. where it's, like, it's, like, oh, I didn't expect it all for that bit to work as right. well as it did. And, like, those are the good moments. Those are the moments where it's, like, yeah, it's, like, you keep writing new shit, mm-hmm. and then you fa- you stumbled into greatness, greatness yeah. in a, inadvertently. Sometimes the a- a- attachment to jokes can be more of a hindrance than a help. Oh, Absolutely. Because you get, you get super stubborn, right? Yeah. You know, like, come on, audience, this is... This is funny, and you just keep telling it over and over again. Well, yeah, it's like, and I mean, like, the I heard the term in a playwriting class that you, you gotta kill your babies. Exactly. Like, yeah. you can't, like, if, if you have something that, like, is untouchable and, like, is this perfect thing in your head, uh, it's probably flawed. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's probably actually not as perfect as you see it, because, uh-huh. like, the way that... The way that you perceive your own writing, especially, is way different than an audience is going to perceive because you know what you're writing about, and the trick is translating it so the audience mm-hmm. knows exactly what you're writing about. Also, and that's the trick of writing. That's like right. that's the that's the if you had the answer to how to do that, you would be the most amazing writer mm-hmm. ever. And I feel like I mean you have to acknowledge the audience that mm-hmm. you have before. Yeah, you. that's true. Yeah. Like if you do a show with like five people in the way back and right. like nothing <laughs> lands, it's like that's maybe not entirely your fault uh-huh. yeah like, that's like oh just a difficult room to totally, play to yeah. it's like you're really far away and right. like also like the more people that get in a room the more willing they are to laugh mm. at things like collectively together right. uh, which is a really interesting phenomenon that uh-huh. happens because it's like <laughs> i mean like we've all like watched really funny videos or stand-ups by ourselves on youtube right and you don't really laugh at loud laugh out loud that yeah. much when you're, you're like by like, yourself huh. Good joke. But like when you get, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, that was, I like that. Yeah. I really like that. Good job, John Mulaney. Um, but yeah, when you get a couple friends even watching stand up together in like the living room, it's like, exactly. I almost feel like it's like if the space feels full, yeah. if the mm-hmm. space you're experiencing yeah. the show or the comedy or whatever in mm-hmm. feels like it's full, you're just more open and like willing to like laugh or like, you know, enjoy or what have you. Right. I don't, I don't think I told this story already on our show, uh, but I, I did an open mic in San Jose, uh, which is where I'm from, and it was uh, it was the first time ever like doing comedy there, and so I didn't know what it was gonna be like. And my friend was uh, like this guy I knew in high school was was hosting. He was like, oh, you should come out. So I was like last on the bill. It was like this well lit like long just like long coffee shop. Uh-huh. And there's like a balcony way far away where like people were just sitting drinking coffee, and it was like really too warm in there. And then <laughs> the string of comedians went up, and they did like really mean comedy, like where they were just like attacking people, right. like no laughing at themselves, <laughs> just like criticizing other people constantly, just one after the other. And then I get up there, and there's like, and it, it was like the kind of crowd where like all the comedians would just go outside after their time was yeah, up. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. And it was it's the LA oh, the LA open mic phenomenon. Yeah. Oh totally. Yeah. And I, I got up there, I was just like. Oh, hey guys, I feel, I feel like I'm in a coliseum. It's like yeah. one comedian enters, one comedian leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and that went well, and then nothing, nothing else went well. <laughs> I was just like, all right. Yeah, that's a factor too, is like who is getting up before you. And yeah, like, oh, absolutely. You, you have to get on stage and like pick up the crap that the other comedian left. Yeah, behind. yeah. And I've, I've seen yeah. you do this before, John, where it's like, it's like you go up on stage and you're like, I'm in the predicament of. Do I acknowledge what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> or do I just try to carry on with what... I remember because, that. It was yeah, in the frog and yeah, some guy like, some like, did like asshole. jokes about AIDS or something like that. Something like and that. And it was oh, terrible. Oh, man. I was, at, was... Um, I was at Jai Tai in Seattle this weekend, and uh, it was a Sunday open mic. And the last two comics... Uh, were people that kind of showed up late and just threw themselves on the list. Right. And they both, like, not as a joke, at first as a joke, but then definitely not as a joke, asked the audience if they had Coke. 
<laughs> it's like this, acid joke. Yeah. Then they're like, wait, can it. I actually get coke? Yeah, powder? yeah. They were like, they were like, yeah, I'm just here looking for some coke. And then like he said like something else, and he was like, actually, guys, I'm really seriously looking for coke. And it's like you're the type of person that burns the light. <laughs> like you're the personality type. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, Dope. but yeah, you see, I mean, you see the full spectrum at, yeah. at open mics. That's the nice thing, and I feel like. You can learn just as much about watching shitty stand-up as you oh, can by definitely. watching good stand-up. Because it's yeah. like, like what to do is just as important as oh, what totally. not to do. What, are your, like, what would be your like top three tips for like up-and-coming stand-up comedians? Um, I would say, I will, will say again, doing do stand-up for your first time. Uh-huh. That would be like, it, like, just like fucking create your teeth and do it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then um, carry a notebook with you all the time. And that's the second one. Just keep, like, get a small notebook, put it in your pocket or something. And then my third tip is, like, write all of your premises down. Uh-huh. Like, and and if you write it down, you don't have to use it. Mm-hmm, that's a right. huge thing. I've yeah. written down so many ideas for jokes that just, like, don't even make it to the stage. Because, like, it's just, like, yeah, this was an idea I have. And then, like, you know, I, I wake up the next morning and I'm not stoned <laughs> anymore. And, like, it's, like, I read it. It's, like, that's not funny. That's not funny mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> Um, yeah. Have you ever, I've had it where, like, I'm thinking of, like, a joke as I'm falling asleep, and I just have, like, a dream about it, I'm like, this is so funny! And, I, and for some reason, I'm just like, like, I just, like, see it, and I wake up, I'm like, that was the worst fucking joke yeah. ever. I took to, uh, I took to having a, a, a notebook by my, like, by my bed oh. for a while, because oh. I would, like, like, I have trouble, not trouble, not, like, really terrible trouble sleeping, but, like, I go through, like, bouts where it's, like, it takes me, like, a, an hour or mm. two to fall asleep. Right. And so it's just, like, I'm laying there with my thoughts, and I generally think of jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, like, it's, like, you know, like, it's it's right there. Um, generally, I don't know, those, like, nighttime jokes... It, <laughs> You can get something out of them because uh-huh. your brain's in a different place like yeah. when it's like starting to shut down and that's like I feel like that's a, a very special place to tap into because uh, you don't <laughs> experience that during the day. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I yeah. encourage people to like explore everything that they wrote down because I see this a lot. People like will open their notebook and they'll flip their oath and be like, no, not that. No, not that. I'm like, wait, no, go back to the first thing. Yeah. Like, you wrote that down yeah. yesterday. Like, yeah. are you a different person now? Like, yeah. at one point in time, you thought that was funny. I yeah. Mean, like, has your sense of humor changed so much? Like, yeah. Like, at least pick at it, you know? Like, exactly. Get, get what you can out of these, like, ideas. Yeah, right. totally. And, uh, like, open mics don't matter. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they don't, don't matter. That's what's so great about at them. At all. They're like, you're like, there's, yeah, you, that's your place to go bomb. Mm. And if you go bomb, you're going to go bomb, uh-huh. and at least you're doing new stuff. Yeah. Um, it's not like uh, the stakes are pretty low. Nobody, yeah, exactly. They're no, the lowest yeah. they can possibly get. Uh-huh. It's like no one is in the audience who's gonna like. I, don't know, I feel like some people who started out, they have this idea that when they go to open mics, there's like gonna be some talent scout in the back <laughs> who's like, "This guy has yeah. got what I need. We <laughs> need him for our blockbuster hit film." Yeah. And that's like never gonna fucking happen. That's <laughs> never ever going to happen to you. Right, exactly. It's like that's happened to one person maybe in like the nineteen seventies <laughs> or some shit like that. It's like natural talent is a big is a, is a part of it, uh, but I feel like hard work is like a much bigger part of it. Uh-huh. Uh, and like and also like I don't. I don't think I've heard the notion that like people like there are people who just got it and then there's right, people yeah. who like don't got it. Yeah. Uh, and like I don't think there are definitely like I'm not trying to like I'm I'll acknowledge that there are people who are just naturally fucking funny. Right. And it's just like mm-hmm. that person's so funny. But yeah. I think like everyone like it's just about like kind of like I don't know just fucking relaxing for yeah, a second and exactly. then just being open. It's like you can like you can work on being funny. Uh-huh. Like you can like get better at being funny. Right. Like when I, when I was in uh, like elementary school, I would say maybe I was like a class clown because I, I would like chime up and like make those jokes in class and kids would laugh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then there was a point in like middle school where I still kind of got that, but I slowly became like the weird kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, like yeah. not like the weird, like nobody likes me kind of kid, uh-huh. but like just like my jokes were a little bit weird. And right. so then I just got really insecure. And then I got re- by high school, I was so quiet in class, yeah, which was uh-huh. so like not the my style up until that point. Uh-huh. And then I just got really bad anxiety. And then every now and then I would like. 
I, I think I said something where I wasn't making a joke. I was just making like an observation about something. And then everyone was laughing. I was like, what was, what was funny? <laughs> and then the teacher yeah. was like, oh, Kevin, you're, you're going to be on a talk show one day. What? I can see you yeah. on like TV. I was like, what are you talking? I didn't even make a joke. You're yeah. laughing at my fucking jokes. And that was definitely like, I had a similar experience. in Because I, I was such, I was a super duper shy kid uh -huh. all throughout elementary school. Mm -hmm. Like I just like, and I like made friends and I was like, you know, it was fine. Uh -huh. But like, I just didn't like talk speaking up or like being the one who's like looked at right. I was just like I just enjoyed like being in my own space like in at my desk and like uh -huh. doing good on tests uh, yeah. like that was like that was my life in elementary school and then like middle school like middle school we moved to um, I moved a lot because my dad was in the, the Air Force so middle school we moved to North Dakota uh, fuck North Dakota, by the uh -huh. way, because I was like, like I was not bullied at all in elementary school, and then in middle school, like I was like, wait, oh. so you lived in North Dakota? For yeah, I lived how in. Long? Uh, I lived in North Dakota for I think like three or four years. Oh, I, didn't, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So like the full itinerary of my life has been. Um, I was born in Merced, California. Moved to Colorado Springs, Colorado. Moved to Columbus, Ohio. Moved back to Colorado Springs, Colorado. Then I moved to Grand Forks, North Dakota. Then I moved to Spokane, Washington. Whoa. And then I moved over here to Bellingham. So okay. like I spent, I spent a lot of my childhood like establishing really good friends and then leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's like it was like and it, like all of those like with the exception of Merced, I don't remember Merced and I don't remember the first time that we moved to Colorado. I remember leaving. Probably one of my first memories actually is leaving our house in Colorado Springs, Colorado uh -huh. for the first time. Um, but, like, yeah, a lot of it was, like, I would be in an area for, like, four or five years. Right. And then, or like, you know, three to five years, I guess. And then be like, okay, yeah, like, Dad got relocated at, like, another Air uh -huh. Force base, so, like, we got to move. Uh, yeah, it, it does suck. I think it, it's, like, th there's good and bad to it uh -huh. because, like, I got to meet a lot of different people. And experience, like, a lot of different places. Yeah, too. yeah, exactly. And I, like, and I think that was beneficial. But it's also nice to have, like, I've like I don't have any like really solid like childhood childhood friends. Right. Mm -hmm. Like all of my like my longest standing friends right now are people I knew in high school, uh -huh. and that's like because I moved to Spokane like when right. when I went to high school. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it was a it was an interesting lifestyle. But like yeah, North Dakota. I don't know what it is about North Dakota. It's like flat and cold. It's it's just shitty there. <laughs> it's just not good there. It's just not a good state. Do you if think like moving so much like fed into your your comedy? Because that's sort of like a, this mentality of. Hey, let's just keep it surface level, you know? Like, yeah. uh, let's keep it light. I'm just gonna... Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, again, like, I didn't really, like, m make jokes. I wasn't, like, really, like, the comedian okay. kid. Uh, in I was like fun like I I would have a lot of people like tell me that I was funny and okay. like similar to what you were saying where it's like I really <laughs> like, yeah, right, yeah. Like, really I, okay yeah. I guess I'm funny yeah, yeah uh -huh. sure sure why not uh -huh. um, uh, but then I remember yeah I really noticed that in high school when mm -hmm. I was like just saying random shit in class that I was like. Like, not really, like, I guess it was witty, but, uh -huh. like, I wasn't really thinking about it being witty, and right. then, like, everyone would laugh at it, and I was exactly. like, I was like, oh, okay, sure, uh -huh. sure, yeah, and then that, I feel like that that laughing becomes, like, this positive reinforcement <laughs> where you're like, it's like, okay, I didn't intend this at first, right. uh -huh. but, but now, now, like, now, now I, I want to, yeah, yeah, my, now I want to, I can control that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I remember specifically, I was in, um, I think it was my junior year of high school, I was in uh, German. And, uh, and so the way my German class worked was like the, the third year and the second year got lumped together. Mm -hmm. So it was the same class at the same time. So my teacher would just send all the third year students out into the hall to do our homework, uh -huh. which doesn't fucking work for teaching. It right. just means that we like do our homework as sloppy as possible. Right. Uh -huh. And then we just sit outside and like, like shoot the shit. But I was, um, yeah, I was, like, not a, an athletic kid, and, like, I didn't really... I wasn't, like, super popular ever. Uh, I wasn't not popular. I knew, like, a lot of people only kind of, but, like, I was in that class with a bunch of, like, like relatively popular kids, uh -huh. and, like, the saving grace was, like, I was able to make them, like, laugh a lot on the right. first day. Uh -huh. And then, like, it was kind of this, like, cool thing where, like, I felt like I was, like, the reason that they looked forward to that class, because we okay. just, like, sit in the hall and, like you know, shoot the shit, and, like, mm, right. I would, like, say something funny, and then they would tell me I was funny, and then I'd, like, I don't know, go home and jerk off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's funny that, like, that's something you still remember today. They probably don't remember that at all, you know? Yeah. It's, 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 that, it's that, that thing where it's, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, like, this, shoot this, yeah. they don't remember you. I mean, yeah, it's, like, yeah. that. you were unimportant. No, I know, they remember. <laughs> they totally remember. Don't, don't remember this. It's movie. just, like, it yeah. seems just, like, 
this one class in middle school where like I said some jokes in the hallway. Yeah, yeah but it's totally. like it's so important. Oh, like, totally, totally. To, uh, yeah, to kids like us. Well, I mean, um, yeah. Well, middle school, I was like, middle school was just like I was this really tiny. It took me a while to like develop and go through mm-hmm. puberty, so uh-huh. I was like noticeably smaller than most kids Uh like not a lot but like just like thinner and more like frail and so like in middle school uh my middle school did the the shittiest the dumbest idea i've ever experienced where like i was a really really good kid and so there was like this like there were three sections and the students all got split up into three sections for the year so Mm -hmm. like you got like it would be like it would be like navigators and like the 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 industrial okay, district. Okay. <laughs> not that, not that. But there were like three different right. and there were specific teachers for each group. Uh-huh. And the um one of the groups uh was for, Yeah, that was absolutely not. I was just like saying the industrial district. Um one of the groups what they decided to do was they decided to put um all of the bad kids in it uh-huh. and then like some of the best kids in it oh, and like i was like dumb. one of the like good kids and uh-huh. like i i know the theory was that like the good kids will be a positive <laughs> influence the, yeah, on, the, right. on the bad kids but it turned out that the bad kids just like <laughs> picked on the good kids um and Ooh. so i wasn't like i wasn't the smallest or the frailest so i didn't get like the brunt of like the right. being picked on but like people like i don't know it's just like middle schoolers are shitty uh-huh. they're just like they're at this age where it's like they don't they're like starting to develop thought and like they're starting to be like kind of smart people and like they're starting to understand like human emotion and empathy, but they really haven't grasped it yet. And it's still like, oh, if I punch this person, how will yeah. they react? And, and then they just do. And yeah. then they just don't have that filter yet. Uh-huh. So yeah. they do. And so like that was, I guess that was like, but that was like another thing about being the new kid. It's uh-huh. like, it's like, cause I. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. You're always the new kid. Yeah. I was like always, perpetually but... the, yeah. Or right. like perpetually either the new kid or about to be about the new to, kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that was like a thing where it's like, yeah, you, you throw a new kid into like this group of people, especially in middle school. And mm-hmm. then like high school, I got along with people better, but like right. middle school particularly, it's like everyone already knows each other. Everyone mm-hmm. already has a bunch of friends. Oh, so totally. it's like, it's like this, I don't know. It's a, it's a particular way of life. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't like, in hindsight, it would have been nice to like stay and like, like really get to know a bunch of people. But like it, the past is the past. And right. so it's just like, I, I, I think like, that is a very unique way of growing uh-huh. up. Like, mm-hmm. like other people. I mean, I'm I was just a military brat, so I guess it's not a super unique way to grow up. But most yeah. people stay in one area for pretty much their entire childhood. Right. You're the Gus from Disney's Recess. Yeah, I'm the Gus from uh-huh. Disney's Recess. Yeah. Was, um, <laughs> just barely got that. <laughs> right on the cusp. Yeah. Uh, so we're in the thick of Act Two, and we haven't asked the the Act Two question, oh, oh, which no. is. Uh, do you think it's necessary to be depressed or miserable to be funny? Um, uh, no. Or does, or does it help? That's such a strong way right. to word it. Yeah, it is. Like, it's yeah. very <laughs> definite. Do you have to be sad um, all the time? Do you have time, to be sad? Or you lose or that is, spark? I, or, or, just, or is I, everyone that's funny sad on deep down or something? Yeah, uh, you know, I think, actually, I'll even make it bigger. I think, like, you have to be sad. Uh-huh. Like as a person, I feel like that's that's an important part of being a human being is being sad. And if you're not sad, that's like, that's like you're just living this life of like almost like just one track, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like one, I I don't know the right phrasing for this. Like, yeah, it's like it's having the full range of human emotion is important. There's a reason that comics go to the stage. Uh-huh. There's a reason that people write comedy. There's right. a reason that people want to make people laugh. And, and I guess is is that a dark thing? Like is I think it comes from like 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 it's it's the it's the opposite of that. It's uh-huh. it's because that dark thing exists, uh then comedy can exist. Uh-huh. And like especially like that's why we have like dark comedies and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. like we want to we want to explore this. It's almost like by by making it light and lighthearted and making it laugh, we're able to sometimes explore like really deep ideas uh, and like really like important things about like the human experience Mm -hmm. not saying that that's the only way to do it but like a lot of comics like you know a lot of comics talk about depression a lot of comics like talk about like you know loss or like how like the world seems like it's like this big scary thing that's like Uh gonna like fall apart pretty soon or something like that and that's just like that's that is, I feel like comedy is acknowledging that exists and then trying to draw the happiness from it. Right. Because I don't think you need to be depressed to be 
funny or to be a comic or uh-huh. whatever. That's like that's a really hard and fast line to draw. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people, like a lot of people who go into the field, do like go through that sort of like kind of like like depression in their own way. Depression is a is a is a interesting word because like there tends to be like one specific like mode of thought attached uh-huh. to that and i think like just dis- depression is really like more on a spectrum it's mm-hmm. like and it's not like and it's like also uh, like people think it's like oh that person's depressed they must be going through a depressing scenario but there's like a fuck ton of people like i would even include include myself i would definitely include myself in this is like i am like i'm feeling very depressed currently and i don't know why and uh-huh. I don't have a particular reason why. And like depression is like an internal thing. It's like also it's not entirely external. Mm-hmm. It like is also part of brain chemistry. I mean, it's like like a good right. a good percentage, like a good like amount of what you feel is based entirely on like the chemistry of your brain and like mm-hmm. how you think as a person. Like there's definitely external factors like certainly affect the way that you feel, but like there's there's people who are just predisposed to be sadder. There's people uh-huh. that are predisposed to be happier. And that's just like it's it's sort of I think it's important to acknowledge that you are like every individual is somewhere within that and then just trying to like not necessarily be happy because I think it is important to be sad, but like just existing within that, right, like accepting yeah. like you are in that like area, and then just like living in it and being like this is who I am, and like the more I resist against who I am, like the more tense I'm going to be, and the more life is gonna kind of jade itself. To right. Me. Uh, and like especially when you can say like I've experienced this thing, and then the audience in their head can say me too. Right. It's like oh me oh oh it wasn't just me. Uh-huh. That's a huge thing. Yeah. Like that's yeah. like I think that's a very big thing, especially in comedy, especially when you're talking about like like mental illness and stuff like that where it's like you like people with depression tend to think that like like i like i am shitty because i like this is like a a thought that i've had throughout like a good amount of my life is like like i get depressed because i am depressed over nothing right and it's like i'm like i think i'm a piece of shit (laughs) because i'm depressed which Uh makes me more depressed it's like a very yeah yeah, it's it's very perpetual and so like that um I don't know. I don't know where to go with that thought. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of isolated. I guess in my own experience, I think it, it, it feels isolating. And then when you see someone on stage or you see a show that kind of incorporates that depression, you're like, okay, well, like, that's cool. Like, yeah. I'm not the only one who like yeah. feels like isolated by this. And it kind of feels more inclusive, I think. Yeah. Are, are you always trying to like t- take dark parts of your life and twisting them into like, uh, like if there's like a, like something terrible happens in the news or like if there's like a death in the family or something I like that? don't think so. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely, like, that's not off limits, Uh but, like, I think it's just, like, like, comedy and funny is so ambiguous, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. like, every, when you try to define what comedy is, you can immediately think of, like, ten examples of, like, how that definition is wrong, Uh so it's, like, I feel like it's so up in the air, and it's so, like, like, changeable and malleable that, like, what is funny at the moment is the thing that's funny at the moment. Uh-huh. If it happens to be a dark thing, then it is that dark thing. And right. if it happens to not be a dark thing, then it's not, like not that dark thing. Uh-huh. It's, it's like, but I like, I think you can pull comedy from a lot of different places mm-hmm. and like being, being depressed. And I think almost being depressed drives you to the stage because it feels really good, at least to me, to make uh-huh. other people laugh. Right. Like, and I feel like just being in a room of people laughing sort of is this, like, escape where you don't have to think about, like, the shittiness of life and you don't right. have to, like, yeah. feel the pressure uh-huh. in your head and, like, you don't have to think about, like, how it's, like, oh, it's, like, I had to, you know, drag my fucking self out of bed and listen uh-huh. to Kanye West power to, like, get some energy, like, for <laughs> right. the day. Uh, which is was definitely a phase, like, there was, like, <laughs> there was, like, a two-month period, honestly, like, two-month period where every single morning I would listen to Power by Kanye West. Wasn't <laughs> that like your walk-on song for like, Yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. one of my walk-on songs for last week. But it's like, I mean, if you need to get pumped up, that's the fucking right. song that's to the do. Song to do. <laughs> yeah. So you were on tour with your improv trio, Peter. Uh, how was that? Uh, it was absolutely fucking phenomenal. Uh, it was really, really fun. It was really good to like see... Uh, just America and like all the ways that different uh, theaters run. So uh, just to give like a backstory to listeners who don't know, 
Uh, it was a three-month-long tour. It went down the West Coast, and then it went, like, the furthest south we went was Tucson, and then we looped back up, and we uh, went back up through Washington. So it was, mm -hmm. like, we did 40 shows over the course of three months. Oh, wow. And, yeah, like, awesome. yeah, and it was, like, you know, show, like, at least one show, if not, like, usually average two or three shows a uh -huh. weekend. Um, and it was just... It was a blast. And that was like, actually, that was the thing where it's like, like going back to the depression thing is like, there was a point like during the tour where I was like, I'm just fucking sad right now. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm really, really sad. And I read, um, we went to Powell's in Portland. Uh, and there is a, uh, there is a book called Furiously Happy uh -huh. by, I think, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't remember the author's name. It was a great book. It has a, it has like a stuffed raccoon on the cover that uh -huh. had like a manic <laughs> smile. It's awesome. Um, but, uh. Uh, that was like, and like, the author was talking about like, like mental illness and like stuff like that because she suffers from a lot of like mentally ill things, and she's also like just this fucking hilarious writer. Uh -huh. It was like so. I actually like I read the entire book in Power in Powell's. It's like a two hundred <laughs> page book, and we went there twice. Oh, and wow. so I read the like I read about the first hundred pages the first time uh -huh. we went there, and then I read the last hundred pages <laughs> the second time we went there because uh, I wanted to finish the book. Um, but she she like there was this quote where it's like it's like sometimes life I I'm gonna but butcher this incredible. <laughs> uh, but it's like it's like sometimes life every, everything can be going for you well for you and life can be great and you can still be sad and that's okay. Uh -huh. uh, and I think that was a, a big end of thing. podcast. Yeah, end of podcast. <laughs> Done. Drop Done. the mic. Um, uh, but that was like a thing because like I was like definitely I think I kept reading reading it because like she was saying a lot of things where uh -huh. I was like oh me too right. like that sort of stuff and so I was like okay yeah yeah I can I can get on this and when when I read that I was like yeah I'm on this like great comedy tour where I'm doing two like, of your best friends yeah two of my best That's friends can you imagine if it was a stand up tour and it was just you like, <laughs> yeah yeah oh man yeah. the loneliness <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Crushing seriously. loneliness would be seriously. terrible. And then, like, I mean, like, you get like, like when you're crammed in a car with two other people, you get uh -huh. to know like all of their like good and bad sides. And <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not excluding myself uh -huh. from that at all. Yeah. Like, that, there's probably things that I did that annoyed the fuck out of uh -huh. Levi and Toby for the entire thing. But like, <laughs> but like that was a point during the tour where I was just like, I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of just feeling like really sad and like maybe a little bit like I was definitely feeling like like conscientious of myself because like there was like a point where I was like. I'm the least funny of the three of us on this tour. Like, I felt oh, I like see. I was, like, the least funny and, like, not the weak link, but, uh -huh. like, the one who, like, had to try harder at I comedy. Uh, and so that was definitely, like, something that, like, made me, like, conscientious. And then it's, like, it's... <laughs> It's, I, like, do the thing, this is a very, like, depressed person thing, <laughs> uh -huh. but, like, when we had a good show, I was like, oh, it's because Levi and Toby, oh, like, right, did yeah. And then when we, had the a, when we had bad, a bad show, it was like, I, it was all <laughs> probably because of me. Oh, um, yeah. Whereas, like, in, in reality, and, like, I feel like this is part of the thing, like, like you need to defeat the notion, if you're doing a show and you're collaborating with people, uh -huh. uh, it is no individual's fault mm -hmm. whether it does good or bad. Especially if, in improv. Especially yeah. in improv. Yeah, uh -huh. especially in improv. Sometimes there is a bad show where yeah. it's, like, that person did bad. Really messed but maybe up. they were having a bad day. Maybe they're they're like, having maybe a bad they just felt yeah. like shit that day. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. It doesn't in improv it doesn't usually make sense to put the blame on one person. Yeah, no, it never it never does. And that's like if if someone's making weird choices like in improv, it's like you gotta yes yes and them twice right. as hard. Uh -huh. Like just be like, yeah, yes, that bad choice was the choice you were right. like and, and then just like fucking And, and if it is one person that kinda derails it, it won't be an up to debate thing. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. It'll be exactly, so exactly. obvious that some person like I don't know decided to like streak on stage or something like it'll be yeah, so yeah, yeah. obvious funny actually well, like, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen great scenes where it's like obvious like one person's really new to improv uh -huh. but it's like if the other person is, is great they can take that and make that to something exactly. extremely entertaining so it's like if that was a bad scene and you're putting the blame on the other person well look at yourself because yeah. like you could have said yes and yeah, exactly. escalated yeah. it to something you're awesome right. oh man know. I'm gonna so in Seattle uh, at the beginning of the tour we stopped by this one uh, restaurant and there's this guy named Sri uh, Chinmoy, uh, and there's this like vegan restaurant that is like based around his teachings. Mm -hmm. So he has like Whoa. he has these, but they have cards on the table, and I took two of the cards and I have carried them in my wallet and I read them throughout the tour, and I like both of them because I feel like they they pertain to like sort of like comedy and comedy culture in general. I re I'll read this one first. So. Uh, when you speak ill of others, you have already exposed your own inner weakness to the world. Okay. <laughs> I think is really important because, like, especially in stand-up, mm -hmm. like it's like, and that's like 
Because, like, I don't know. I'm not the type of person that likes to talk shit. I almost, like, right. I would almost say I like to be around people that get uh -huh. shit talked about. Them. <laughs> right. Because I feel like they're, like, yeah. they're more That's interesting. interesting. Right. They are more interesting human yeah. beings because people are actively talking shit about them. And uh -huh. I want to know, like, like that's still focused. That's still focused that other people are expending towards them. Uh -huh. That, like, that those people, the people who talk shit usually aren't talked about that much. Right. Uh, and then the other quote that I really, really love, and this is like, actually, I think we talked about this a little bit, but it's short and sweet. Never depend on applause. Yeah. And that's like, that's a tough one. I, I remember in the restaurant, I read that one and I was like, no. no. <laughs> I was like, no, it's, no, it's like, it's all about the applause. But then that's like, I feel like there's, that is a really, really great quote because you should be in it to just do the thing uh -huh. and like if there's i i've met so many people like in the acting like in the acting series and just through like performance and stuff like that and you can kind of tell the people that just want to be on stage so people look right. at them yeah exactly. it's like it's like look at me i want the attention uh -huh. right now and like that i feel like that is not substantial for perpetuating like a they never last yeah a yeah. career quote uh -huh. unquote So is there any? You were talking about John Mulaney before. Is, yeah, John, did, did you watch his new? I did watch thing? his new yeah, special. It was pretty good. Yeah, no, I liked yeah. it. I liked it. I think he's really like he's really good. And he did this great thing where it's like I, I feel like the best stand-up jokes are the ones that like the widest variety of people can relate to. Uh -huh. And his opening uh, joke is about writing happy birthday on like a banner or a car yes and like I, that was making a good bit making yeah. the h like it's like all right big h yeah. big a uh small p <laughs> running out of room like, right, we're gonna make a really thin p that's, so, that's, that's such a good bit yeah uh and uh, uh yeah Mulaney's really good uh he's doing it uh i'm a huge huge fan of paul of tompkins right now okay. yeah, yeah i saw i saw he's his, not getting he enough recognition special, yeah yeah but i like but i uh, i almost like when they're like not super famous, uh -huh. like yeah. where they're just yeah, like right. a comedian who's like doing really well and they have like, a couple albums. Yeah, they have a yeah. couple albums. They like they know what they're doing. I mean, like he, tickets are cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tickets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tickets are cheap. He's like so like, confident too. I think, but it's like it's like this. He, he tells like kind of weird. It's a little bit offbeat and like yeah. but like he tells it super confidently. Like I watched his newest one, and then I was watching the behind the scenes uh, with Bob and Dave on with Bob and David. Uh -huh. and he was like the one who was just like keeping them occupied while like they would set up the the sets and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, oh man. Paul what a guy. Yeah, yeah, he's just around. <laughs> and he's like, and I like, uh, I've listened to Comedy Bang Bang a little bit, like just on the road mm -hmm. driving. Uh, and like he, Paul F. Tompkins, not only on, on every single podcast he's on, he just kills it. Mm -hmm. He just like every single time he's oh. always so freaking funny. And I like, I don't know, I really like him. And I heard uh, we had a producer friend in L.A., uh, who was like telling us about all of the comedians' personalities? Right. Uh, and um, and she said that Paul Tompkins was one of like the nicest, greatest people in the That's world. And it's like I love hearing yeah. that shit. Did you uh, did you go to Oddball last year? I did. Yeah. Was that with Louis C.K. and Louis, Sarah yeah. Silverman yeah. and Demetri Martin? Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. We were we were like on the opposite side. Right, right, right. Um, how did I not run into you? Yeah, uh, I went, I went yeah. with uh, actually I went with Jake Betterman and Summer Storholt. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, so we got who, the three the three people who yep. went to Oddball? Yeah. yeah. Who was like uh we did yeah uh who was like your favorite dude player? Hannibal Burris Hannibal was so killed good. yeah he's killing yeah. Right and he's he does so stuff funny. I mean I love all the stuff he does that's the uh if you ever get uh, go on YouTube and look up the Morpheus rap uh he did it on the Eric Andre show uh -huh. and it's just like this perfect blend of like it's like anti-comedy but it's still really funny right. like because it's like sometimes anti-comedy is just like this is bullshit uh, -huh. uh but like yeah. <laughs> it's like this is an anti-comedy right like, yeah, yeah you're just doing a stupid thing that's not funny um but like it's just like yeah he's he's, he's really got funny. a perfect blend of like being relatable and yet being like i don't know kind of weird kind of yeah. weird yeah. about yeah. it like, yeah yeah he's not he's not an everyman yet I can still relate to him. Yeah, oh, totally. totally. Yeah. Yeah. He's super funny on Broad City, too. I don't know if you guys have watched that at all. I've watched a couple episodes. Oh, I don't good. think I've seen him on it, though. It's good, but he's, he's also... He's just... I thought Dimitri Martin stole the show. Yeah, so I, did, yeah. I didn't think... I didn't expect him to be... 
Uh, he wasn't even like one of the top billed people. Yeah, he wasn't. Like, yeah, yeah, I thought I was like, oh, Dimitri Martin. But then like his I, name like, was the smallest. Like yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but then like I I re fell in love with him when yeah, he yeah, went on stage. Yeah, he did something. I don't know. That was a while ago, so it's like I'm uh-huh. trying to remember his jokes. Well, his 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 special live at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just came out on Netflix, and I was a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the one before the, I'm not sure if it was that one because I, I saw him live, and he it was like around the time where he was like doing new jokes for like some special. Uh-huh. I remember watching the special, and I was, it, there were like jokes he cut off like really early and i was uh-huh. like i remember like the following tags and i was busting right. up oh, yeah. uh, I was just, but like he's he's i love david chamber yeah he's yeah. highly underrated too i don't know why he's not like yeah yeah i don't know well i, I think guess. he hit he hit like i don't want to say he hit a peak but yeah. like i remember but he did towards the end yeah. of like high school like everyone loved him uh-huh. and then all of a sudden he just kind of like went away it was like right at the same time everyone was into dan cook yeah, I remember that. yeah. It was well, like, Dane Cook is like a special high school brand of yeah, comedy. Yeah, I feel like Dimitri Martin just happened to be getting popular. I mean, uh-huh. they both happened to be getting popular, but like Dane Cook was like, I don't know, he, he just got <laughs> what popular. What is that? For, what is that like? It's well, just I think, it's high school you know, mentality. I, think he, I, I, genu- I don't like his jokes, but I do think he is like his persona is is, is, is I mean, it's good. Like he's a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. He's a good talker. I think I don't. Pers- I'm not this into is, it at all. But. Yeah, and like and like a huge thing that I've talked to I've talked to uh, Levi on tour about this. It's like. Like every like, no matter how much you don't like a comedian, like every single comedian uh, who's made it, except for Carlos Mencia, is hilarious. Right. Uh, yeah. It's like because they did it. Carlos Mencia uh-huh. stole a bunch of jokes, so fuck right. him. Uh-huh. Uh, but like, except like he, he's the only <laughs> one. He's the only uh-huh. one that doesn't count. Um, but like, uh, yeah. So it's but like, all of a sudden, it became like it was the cool thing to not like Dan Cook. Yeah, yeah. Even if you totally liked him or were indifferent about it, you it was like, like you yeah, still I had like, to hate him, especially like, if you were a comic. Like it's like he's the Nickelback of standup. Exactly. Like, you, <laughs> had like, to, you, ha- you have to not uh-huh. like him, or else like you, like you even being indifferent says more about you than exactly. it does about. I mean, him. I, I've started to come back on it a little bit. Like I went through that same exact thing everyone did. Like I think every. Everyone the first time they heard Dan Cook was like, he's so funny because we were all really young or whatever. And then, like, everyone hated him. And I'm starting to come back because I'm like, it's not my style of comedy, but I can appreciate it for what it is, I guess. Like, I feel like if I was riffing with him, like, just having a funny conversation, he'd be a great guy. Yeah, no, yeah. I think all it is is that his comedy just doesn't hold up, is all. Yeah, it's funny at an initial listen. It's like Jeff Jeff Dunham, man. He was, like, kind of funny the first time I listened to him. And then, like, it was just after <laughs> the first time I saw him, I fucking hated him. Right, Like, yeah. I did not like his comedy. Yeah. Comedy no, I, I mean, yeah, I always say, like, you have to give him a little credit. Like, he's a funny ventriloquist. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even a regular ventriloquist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah. You have yeah, to give yeah. that some. Totally. That t- there's some totally. skill in that. That's, yeah. Yeah. And the same thing yeah. with, the, like, the blue-collar guys got a lot of crap as well. Yeah, yeah. But then... It's like, that's for a demographic. That, that's exactly. Also, yeah. That also, yeah. like, I think blue-collar uh, blue or whatever, they, like, introduced me to stand-up, like, in uh-huh. middle school. Like, me too. Yeah, like the first uh, guys I watched. Really, yeah. really, it was very it. interesting. Yeah, Foxworthy yeah. and like Bill Engvall and all those. Larry, guys. I loved Larry the Cable Guy in like seventh yeah. grade. Oh yeah, when I was young, I like the first time I saw it, like Larry the Cable Guy was like, I was like, I was super young and I was like, <laughs> he's talking about farts. Yeah, yeah. yeah I loved yeah. it. You know, if, if it weren't for those guys, I might not have like continued my interest yeah, in comedy. Yeah. So I don't know. Have you guys seen Aziz Ansari's new show? The Master, of none. Master I, of none. I think it's good. I, I, I it's something I want to watch more. I watched like the first three. Or yeah, four. I've seen a couple uh-huh. episodes and I've enjoyed it pretty like pretty, you definitely can see like he's really good at like having his personality uh-huh. like Aziz Ansari has the Aziz Ansari personality right. and so it, you can see it throughout the show and that's what I like about the show is like it feels honest to who he is uh-huh. as a person I think the topics it covers are really good I think like a lot of the story arcs are really interesting my problem is like the dialogue just feels like bad yeah. like I, I don't know like yeah. I'm watching them like struggle with this script almost is how it feels I don't know if yeah. they're just like not good at acting but like I just get this impression where it's like I, I don't know. The, it just the pacing is weird, but uh, I, I get that I enjoy too. it. Like yeah. I, I like it, but it's like I don't. Know, I got really hyped. Like everyone, I saw everyone like just raving about it, and so uh-huh. I was like, I had really high expectations. I thought the cinematography was great, I, and like I said, I thought the general writing was good. Right. But something about the dialogue. The dialogue is just a little off. You know yeah. what I mean? Like in, yeah. like in Louis, the dialogue is like way off. So like it's, it, it's intentional, works, yeah. right? But then like Master None, you can't tell if it's on purpose or not. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then have you seen uh, Maria Bam- Bamford's The Special, 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 Special? special. I know. Bamford doesn't get enough uh, <laughs> attention Dude, either. Bamford, she's huge, hilarious. Huge props to Bamford. Yeah, I think I, she's so funny. I've never even heard of her. Oh, oh, Maria man. Bamford? No. Oh, my gosh. You got to watch The, the so Special, funny. Special, Special <laughs> is in her living room, okay. and it's only to her parents. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> and she like orders yeah. pizza. Yeah, she orders yeah. pizza, and she like that she like trims her like cat's toenail or claws <laughs> or something in the middle, or yeah. her dog's claws or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just really like really funny and like wi- like a new thing. That, uh-huh. That's yeah. what I really like is like she's like this kind of quirky, crazy person, and she's like bringing up new things right. also. And it's also really funny to watch her parents like try to awkwardly <laughs> laugh at her children. Right, yeah. It's like, sure. it's like, and then it's like the crew is there as, yeah. Oh, yeah, there yeah. as well. Yeah, that's that's so funny. Funny. Uh, have you, you guys have seen uh, Zach Galifianakis' uh, The Purple Onion? Yeah. Purple Onion? I, yeah. Is that in oh, Seattle? Yeah. I don't know, but that's, I I just like it's the one I, I always just want to watch again because it's so I I love that. That's special. a great yeah, that's a great so special. Weird. Too. He does, I don't know he's he's great at going in and out of like different kind of uh-huh. versions of himself and. I don't know why it. he he in his own words said that he sold out. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, he was in G Force. Yeah, he was in G Force. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I wish that he would go back to his roots. But then yeah. yeah, yeah. But then like like selling out is like. Hey Zach Galifianakis, do you want to be in this movie for thirty-four million dollars? Right. It's like, yeah, I do. yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Give me thirty-four million dollars. <laughs> tax <laughs> two million of that away. Yeah, I don't care. I'm like, okay. Just, yeah. yeah. I mean, tax if someone said to me, "Do you want to be <laughs> in, this, more. in this movie about talking guinea pigs for free?" I would yeah, absolutely, yeah. I would jump uh, at yeah, that. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> just totally. love him being in a movie about talking guinea pigs. I don't know. You're, we were talking about last night. Last night, a couple nights ago. I don't know. It was after the upfront show. Yeah, about how like end. Adam yeah. Sandler movies don't hold up anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, Adam uh, Sandler. I don't know. I, I wasn't a huge <laughs> fan of him growing up anyway. Like, oh, yeah, I, I, I liked him growing up. Really? Like, like, I think there's a point where I was more of a Jim Carrey guy growing up. Yeah, same. Yeah. In my seventh grade uh, drama class, I was like, she asked us who our favorite actors were. And I was like, Adam Sandler. She's like, she's uh-huh. like, he's not really acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I didn't get it at the time. I was like, yeah, sure he is. Just making random noises, kind of. Right. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't. It's kind of like Dan Cook. Like it was funny at the time, yeah, and then totally. now it's not. Yeah. But like that doesn't go for everything. Like, like Tommy Boy. Like when I first saw that, that was amazing, and I'll watch it tomorrow. Oh, and it's Tommy amazing then. Well, yeah. Chris Farley yeah. is just yeah. so. I think every, yeah. like, he's just gonna stand the test of time. He's so funny. Yeah, right? yeah. He's just there's something about him where he's willing to. Have you seen the documentary on Chris Farley? No, is it out? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's. I think it's out. Uh, I think it might be online. Okay. Uh, but it was just, yeah, about, like, who he was. And he's just this person that, like, he's one of the people that you encounter where it's, like, you are so fucking talented, it's uh-huh. not fair. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, like, willing, like, and he's definitely, that's something that I, like, I feel like I find myself in life and in comedy sort of, like, not willing to, like, go there. Uh-huh. Like, he would order right. a beer at a bar and then, like, pour it on himself. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would just, like, and I'm like, I wouldn't yeah. do that. Right, and, like, yeah, it'd no, be like, really funny. Uh-huh. Like, it, but, like, or, like, he's also really good at falling down, which yeah. I think is a big thing. I know. Well, it's physical yeah, comedy. It is yeah. really, like, he's good at falling down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's so true. And nobody else, I can't really think of any other comedians today that, like, can do the same physical bits that he Yeah, can. no, he's definitely, like, one of a kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Does Hateful Eight come out this year? Yeah, no, it's coming yeah. out, yeah, this month. I, I love Tarantino how they guy. were gonna, like, cancel yeah. that, because the script Because the script got leaked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. I'd be pissed, too. I'd uh-huh. be like, I, yeah. this is, like, yeah. my secret script. I don't want fucking... Uh-huh, I totally. want grubby, stupid agents, like, getting their stupid, dumb <laughs> hands stupid. on it. Yeah. yeah. I thought that Tarantino was done after... He, he, he kept... Every he, film, he's like... No more films. He's like, this. yeah, like Miyazaki kind of yeah. does the same thing. Yeah, yeah like, he does too. Yeah. This is my final film. No, I think, oh crap, I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. it's just like a publicity stunt, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could totally see someone just being like, okay, no, I want to get out while like I'm still on top. Like right. I put out a bad movie, and then you just like you, you start working on a you script have for more fun, ideas, and you're like, oh, I can, I can, I have the money to do this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah back exactly. me. Like, why wouldn't I keep doing it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of the time, I don't know, like. There, there are Tarantino fans out there that just blow the movies out of proportion sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I totally uh, agree. Oh, they're yeah. super flawed, but that's yeah. kind of why I like them. You can see Tarantino mm-hmm. in, like, every di- yeah. line of dialogue. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love that about it. How it's, like, big budget, but still, like, really personal. Yeah, yeah he writes sort of, like, like I won't... I guess heightened is the word, like heightened dialogue. Yeah. Where it's like not really how you would talk, but only just not really. Just, how you yeah, talk. right. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like skimming the surface of how people uh-huh. normally talk. Well, it's it's, it's like he was totally a guy who grew up just watching like these big blockbusters, and then he like I don't. It, it's like he writes to be a big blockbuster, if that makes it, but not yeah. like in a traditional way. Yeah, I don't, I don't know yeah. if that makes any. It sense It makes at all. a lot of sense actually. But yeah. it's like it's like the dialogue is written as like movie dialogue intentionally. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
Which makes it feel larger than life, I think. Yeah, it's like the conversation in Reservoir Dogs about tipping. Yeah. That, and oh, then the conversation amazing. about uh, the Royale with cheese. Yeah. It's like, that has nothing to do with anything, yeah. but yet it's still in the movie, and it's still, like, the most memorable. I don't know why, yeah, though. It's, it's just, just really the way good. I mean, it like, flows. Well, in Pulp Fiction, that scene is so great, because, like, Samuel L. Jackson just enters the room and, like, right. dominates everything uh -huh. immediately. Uh, <laughs> right. It's, like, a really cool dynamic that he set up, where yeah. it's, like, this person... Like walks into the room and everyone gets tense and uh -huh. it's like oh my gosh and that's just like a really he's really good at like playing those like playing those dynamics really well like especially especially in Reservoir Dogs where uh -huh. it's like each person like they're all in the same boat but like each person is coming at it from like a different perspective right I think uh -huh. that's my favorite Tarantino movie actually right? I think it's my too yeah. yeah yeah but uh, so yeah if we wanted to just end it there uh, oh do you want to plug anything yeah that's what I was gonna yeah. say we're gonna uh, do plugs yeah I you know I'm gonna be Come to Jake Betterman's show tonight. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. And then come uh, to my music show right. tonight after um, Jake Betterman. Yeah. Uh, no, I would just say for things, for me plugging things, I don't have any like shows that's that are going to be like specifically coming up. Uh, I will be at the Blue Door Theater in Spokane for the month of December and a little bit of January. And then I'll be back in Bellingham. Uh, come to the Green Frog every Monday night if you're in Bellingham. Yep. There's great, great open mic. Yeah. I like those. A great thing to talk about and then uh, that we didn't talk about. And then also come to the Upfront. I'm going to be doing Upfront stuff uh, with Kevin Hugerwerf. Uh, in oh, January. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, so uh, so we'll be doing we'll be doing some stuff around. I don't have any like yeah. I wish I had a specific. Thing. No, that's fine. Yeah. I don't like I've wanted to make a personal website, but I like haven't had the like the reason to yet. Like the reason enough to. Uh -huh. uh, so <laughs> I there might be some sort of like variant of my name dot uh -huh. com okay. that you could go to does at some Peter, point. Does in the Peter future. have a website? PeterComedyTrio.com. It's okay. gonna be like it's pretty much a moot point. Uh -huh. now because okay. it's like the tour it just fi like finished yesterday gotcha. so but you, uh, you guys have like videos and things on there or? yeah we have some okay. videos I mean it's like of improv right. so it's like a video <laughs> videos <laughs> of improv can only go right, so far exactly. you know well, we'll, we'll put it up anyways and, and of uh, course what yeah. a nerd show oh yeah here yeah. I'll do my plug yeah I'm Kevin Hugor <laughs> I got youtube.com slash what a nerd show uh, you can follow me at twitter k underscore hoog and uh, Twitter at John Lee two seven one. Oh yeah, yeah, at John Lee comedian. My Twitter, I use it very sporadically. It's uh, at Kitten Fiesta, <laughs> K I T T E N F I E S T A. And and you can get the the Kevin Hugerworth endorsement. I really appreciate it. every time you tweet. I'm like, oh, Jake's. Yes, awesome. I, yeah, that's all I want is the K Hook endorsement. <laughs> all right, Jake's. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for thank you so much for having me. It's a great time. Yeah, it was a really it was a really blast. I think we covered a lot of good material. Hit that button, Kev. Hit, the, hit, the hit button. that, hit that button. button, Kev. Thanks again for listening to The Process. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you can go ahead and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash theprocess with John and Kevin. We also finally got our podcast onto iTunes, so if you search The Process on iTunes uh, and go to podcasts, you should be able to find The Process with John and Kevin. And join us next week for a musician and editor-in-chief of the AOS Review at Western Washington University, Marina Price. Thanks, guys. <laughs>